Welcome to Certified Credit's Talk Data to Me podcast, where our FCRA certified experts help you tackle the latest regulations, emerging trends, and unique challenges of the mortgage industry with an intuitive, people-first approach. And of course, data, because your business is built on more than just a score. Visit certifiedcredit.com for more information. Certified Credit helps you hone your best practices from lead generation to post-closing QC and everything in between. Hey there, Talk Data to Me listeners. This is Elizabeth Langbarton, and on this week's podcast episode, we are going to be streaming our live event that took place on May 3rd on LinkedIn. If you didn't get the chance to attend our live event, I highly recommend you check it out on LinkedIn or at certifiedcredit.com backslash podcast. Now, without further ado, here is our episode from the Qualifying More Borrowers in Today's Market. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining. I'm Terry Poe with Capital Markets Cooperative, part of Computer Share Loan Services. And with me today is my counterpart, Andy Rutz, and our friends and our preferred partner, Mark Teda and Paul Robinson from Certified Credit. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hi, Terry. Doing hey, well. Good, good. So today's topic is qualifying more borrowers, strategies for attracting borrowers and improving credit worthiness and generating revenue. We're also going to be discussing tools that can help lenders reduce cost and inefficiencies during the borrower qualification um, process. And so, With that being said, I also want to add add that we'll be able to answer anybody's questions throughout today's discussion. Just put them in the comment box and we'll get to them as soon as we see them pop up. So without any further ado, gentlemen, are you ready to jump in? All right, here we go. Mark, you're up first. Okay. So tell me, how do medical bills affect borrowers' credit when they're buying a home? Yeah, so that's that's a great question, Terry, and definitely on topic with some of the recent changes that we've seen in the industry. So, you know, just like a collection, it definitely has a negative impact on the borrower's credit score. Um, So, you know, and with credit, it always seems like there's issues with underwriting versus, you know, credit or what affects your credit score. So loans can be done with medical collections on them, um, you know, as far as the the credit report is concerned. However, the scores are going to be much lower. So the borrower is going to qualify for not the best rate if they've got a medical collection that's showing up on the file. So you know, definitely they can be done, but, you know, of course, like any collection, they're dragging the scores down. So the recent changes that that were made on how medical debt is reported, how does that help borrowers? Yeah, so, and again, right on topic, because that that was a huge, you know, um, improvement in the industry. So starting last year, and the bureaus have been talking about this for quite a while, you know, what to do with these medical collections and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, some some super positive things happened starting last year, uh, March 30th, um, basically, I'm sorry, July 1st of last year, any of the paid medical collections um, that were zero as of July 1st of 2022, 
were suppressed and removed from the borrower's credit files. So that had a dramatic impact right off the bat with folks that had had some medical collections that were already paid off prior to July. Um, so now moving forward, the positive changes that have happened and, and they kind of put some things into place. So the first was removing the zero balance collections. And then as of March of this year, um, any collections under $500 are actually being suppressed and removed from the borrower's credit file. Um, in addition to, they're now waiting. So it used to be that a doctor or hospital could send somebody off to collection, you know, within a six month period, they had the bill, they would send it off, they weren't getting paid and they would turn it over for collection. So now these doctors and hospitals have to wait a full year before they can turn that debt over to a medical collection company to, you know, service that collection account. So I think the combination of the three things, A, removing the zero balance collections, B, removing any medical collections under $500 because, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, or if, if you guys have seen anything, most of the credit collections that we see on the medical side are $80, $100, couple hundred dollars. So I'm thinking that that was a huge plus to remove most of those and then having the creditors wait an additional six months, you know, to give insurance time to kick into play. A lot of times people had medical insurance and there just wasn't enough time to sort out the bills before next thing they know they were getting a collection letter in the mail. So those three things in general, I think had a huge, huge positive effect and are definitely gonna help more borrowers qualify, especially if our loan officers go back into their databases and look to see where their collections that were dragging scores down, you know, over the last year or two um, that they may be able to help a borrower today. Mark, you said that they're being suppressed, they're being suppressed by the credit bureaus? Yeah, so they're able to go in and kind of, you know, work their system so that, you know, they can manipulate the data to show up on the credit reports or not show up on the credit reports. And once they're suppressed, there's no look back? Well, <laughs> as far as I know, once they're removed, they're removed. Um, okay. So, you know, and things like them removing. So let's keep some things in mind. So if they're removing collections that are under $500 from showing up on somebody's credit, that may not necessarily mean that they've been forgiven from that debt from the creditor, that they still potentially owe that debt. It's just not being reported on their credit report. Yeah, it de definitely doesn't mean the uh, the phone's not still going to ring or the uh the collection letters will stop coming through the mail. It's just not going to impact the credit report anymore. Right. Yep. That's good news. Yeah. So we just want to clarify they're not being released of their collection. <laughs> you know, they still potentially owe that money. So, you know, they definitely want to check with their, you know, creditor on on who filed the collection on them. And that's the other thing too, and I'll just throw that in there. So when dealing with these medical collections, you know, what's really important is to, you know, make sure that if they're planning on paying these collections, that they're working with the company that's actually reporting the debt to the credit file. Say they were still collections being reported, maybe they were over $500. Don't go back to the doctor or to the hospital once it's been reported to collection. You really want to deal with the collection company to get that information squared away. Uh, that, that's a great point, Mark, too. And it also kind of brings up some historical data where in the past, um, you know, Mark and I deal a lot with our customers and their borrowers, and we, we tell them, you know, don't don't pay off a collection <laughs> there. It typically doesn't help your credit out because you're, you're moving that activity date to current. 
but that still, you know, is true for the, the majority of collections out there, but not with medical collections now, because if they are paid, paid medical collections do need to be removed. So that is maybe one of the, the few instances where you'll hear, a, you know, Mark and I tell somebody, he'll go out there and, and pay that collection off. Um, you know, I'm still a big fan of, you know, see if the will and deal take less than the full amount to show it paid. That's for sure. It doesn't ever hurt to ask. Get something in writing up first and, um, before you give them a dime. And then once you do pay that or settle that collection, get something in writing stated and it's been paid and needs to be deleted. Um, and ultimately, um, folks like us at Certified Credit can go ahead and use that documentation to do a rescoring and get it removed and the credit score adjusted uh, within three to five business days, if not sooner. Wow. I didn't realize it was that quick. Yeah. Yeah. Through that rescore program, we can definitely expedite that to get that updated, you know, and, and just to key off of what Paul was saying, too. And, you know, as with anything, again, like Paul mentioned, we're reviewing credit reports and trying to give the loan officers information that they can relay to the borrowers. The main thing with collections, any type of collection, though, really is for the loan officer to sit down with the processor or operations manager, figure out what collections really need to be paid to move forward with the loan. Sometimes there's nothing that we can do, but we wanna make sure that we can still close the loan um, and get that taken care of. And a lot of times, like Paul said, it's not even messing with the collections at all. So you really always wanna make sure that you're talking to processing and underwriting before you're recommending any kind of corrections or changes to the borrower's credit file, just to see, does that really need to be done? Because like Paul said, if you pay off an old collection and it changes the date reported to the bureau, could be something that was four or five years old that was reporting and the collection companies don't report constantly like other creditors do. So sometimes if you pay off an old collection, it can actually lower the score a little bit in the meantime, because now we're updating the date that the collection company sent the information to the bureau and that could that date could be adjusted. And that's really what the score goes off of is that date reported from the creditor to the bureau. So we always want to make sure like, and I know that Paul does it, I do it when we talk to these loan officers and make these recommendations. It's always last thing is, is double check with underwriting and processing to make sure that, you know, that's the thing that we need to get done to get the loan, you know, to be able to close. So. Good intel. Thank you for that. Yeah. So Paul, you're going to be up next. All right. Bring it, Terry. So tell me, how can originators reduce their costs during the origination process? What are your tips? Right, right. So um, obviously, this is one of the hottest items out there. You know, uh, Mark and I get asked this, you know, from current customers, from prospects in every forum, every podcast we're doing. It's it never gets old either because this is great information to share. So some of the tips that, that I have is, you know, utilizing your soft inquiry pre-qual credit reports nowadays. Um, one of the, the big things when, you know, FICO did their outrageous 400% increase in January, it actually did not impact the soft inquiry pre-qual report pricing. So it still is a much more or less expensive, effective way to get a great idea of somebody's credit without causing a hard inquiry to their credit. Um, you know, borrowers, you know, are always looking out for their, their inquiries nowadays because, um, you know, they do still think for some reason it's going to drop them 50 points when their credit's pulled. Uh, it can have a minimum impact if, if it goes outside the 30-day window there, but it, it also drums up trigger leads at the same time um, when pulling a hard inquiry. So the soft pull kind of helps in two different facets there. You know, once for lowering costs to take a look at somebody's credit before hopping in and, and pulling a hard inquiry trimerch, but it also keeps um, the trigger leads to a minimum. Um, one thing that, you know, Mark and I do talk with our customers a lot on is, 
you know, it, it's not necessary to go out and pull a three bureau soft pull either, uh, especially if we're really honing in on that origination cost and keeping them low. Um, sometimes, you know, loan officers are creatures that have it. They're going to pull that three bureau soft pull and they're pulling the three bureau trimerge anyway. You kind of defeat the whole purpose of saving costs if you're doing both of them, because now you're just adding more cost to your credit invoice each month. Um, so, you know, we talked to folks about maybe doing a one or a two bureau to get a good idea of that um, consumer's credit. Now, certified credit in particular, we have our smart select cascade feature where, you know, you can set parameters to your soft pulls um, as well as your hard pulls there. Um, you know, if it's, you know, I wanted to hit, you know, Experian first, if it's not a, a 580 or higher, I just like it to stop there. Uh, or transunion, you know, and then ultimately um, get a, a great idea of somebody's credit at a very minimal fee. Um, and, and as I mentioned, you know, you, you can absolutely do that with your hard pulls. If, if you're not signed up into soft pulls and you don't want to enter that arena, you can still do a cascade or a smart select on your hard and query credit reports as well. That way you're only paying for a one or a two bureau for somebody that might not hit that score threshold that can get you the deal there. And then, you know, kind of, uh, Asking a borrower, you know, pre-qualifying a borrower verbally still first, you know, I, I know a lot of my customers do it out there, but, you know, ask them about their credit, you know, ask if they've got a consumer credit report lately directly from the bureaus or credit karma. We all know it's not going to be the same credit score that they're going to get on the mortgage FICO credit report, but it's going to give the LO a baseline. You know, if it's a it's a low vantage credit score, we know it's going to be a really low FICO score there. You know, if it's a really high vantage consumer credit score, then we know it's going to be a pretty good mortgage FICO score as well. So that that's one way to do it as well. Um, and, and last but not least, you know, review your current pricing structure with your current credit vendor. You know, the way you were doing business, you know, a couple of years ago probably isn't the same process you're doing today in today's lending climate. So see if that pricing structure is still working to your advantage. You know, it, it may not make sense right now to hop on a upfront bundle where you're paying, you know, a very large fee when the loan may not go anywhere there in the first place. So take a look at that, talk to your, your CRA and, and have that discussion there. So those, those are a few of the, the big tips I give out there. Yeah, and I'll just tee off of some of Paul's points too about talking. I have several clients that won't even pull a credit report unless they've sat down with the borrower. They've looked at their W-2s. They've talked about, you know, the income and, you know, the tax transcripts and, you know, really they want to buy in from the borrower instead of just pulling their credit report willy-nilly without really having the borrower show more interest. So I think that's a great point that Paul makes is, have the loan officer sit down and really go up, you know, what does your credit look like? When's the last time you pulled it? You know, what did you see? What was your score? Were you late? You know, a lot of qualification and I do a lot of seminars and I learn things from these loan officers that, you know, the more you engage your, your borrower, the, the more helpful it's going to be to reduce the cost. Like Paul said, we have great programs to pull one bureau. You can always add the other bureaus later. So if you've got a borrower that wants to see a credit score, you know, whether you do a soft or a hard start with the one bureau and, you know, our systems can do the cascade and that type of thing. One of the other things he mentioned too, was having your credit pulled. If you're gonna go to multiple companies, try to go within that 30 day period so that this way it's really not impacting the borrower's credit score too much. Um, you know, a couple of points here or there, if it's all done within that 30 day period. So that helps keeps their scores up to potentially get them that better interest rate with the higher the score, you know, the better the rate kind of thing. So great points, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And also to Paul's point to ask about the credit before you, you pull it. 
Um, I follow a economist, Elliot Eisenberg, and he sends out a blog. I actually got one today. It's kind of timely. Um, he said as recently as 2020, quarter one, interest on the public debt was $549 billion at a seasonally adjusted annualized rate. During COVID, the rates collapsed to a, a rapid rise of the debt, carrying costs declined to just $515.1 billion in uh, 2020 quarter three. Uh, they have since steadily risen to $684.4 billion in quarter two, 2022, $763.8 billion in quarter three, 22, $856.2 billion in quarter four, 22. Most recent quarter reported was $928.9 billion in quarter one, 23. Wow. The consumer debt is going through the roof. It's a good it's, it's a good excuse to ask your customer before you pull the credit. <laughs> when was the last time you looked at your credit, or do you have any idea? Wow. And really, Andy, that ties back, and that, those are great statistics, really, to show. I mean, a lot of this, you know, when we're looking at these credit files, you know, I'm not sure about Paul, but the first thing I key in on is credit card debt. And, you know, look at those credit card balances because the fastest, easiest way to get your scores up is by making a payment to a credit card. And that's not necessarily the case with a car loan or a student loan. Making a payment to an installment loan isn't necessarily going to help the score. But, I mean, if you've got a $500 SAMS card and you owe $505 and you could just pay it down so that it was not maxed out. I mean, you potentially could raise that person's score 10, 15, 20, even higher um, just by making a, you know, a $50 payment to the credit card. So those are interesting statistics because that's really what I key in on the most is look for your most maxed out credit cards and start paying those balances down as much as you can. Fantastic. An interesting point that was brought up that's kind of like a double whammy on that is most people don't realize how interest rates are creeping up on credit cards. Yeah. I actually shared that blog this morning and a couple of people came back and said they didn't realize their credit cards are over 20% now where it used to be capped. Mm -hmm. So not only is the consumer debt going up, the payments are going up. So it's kind of a double whammy statistic. Well, it is. And a lot of folks don't realize, you know, your unsecured revolving debts, 30% of your credit score is your balance to credit limits. It's, and that's why Bark targeted that. That's the first thing we look at because that is number one, typically the easiest thing to offset on a credit report. If, it, if you have a derogatory, it's legit, it's gonna stay, but we can target that. And that, that seems to be the path of least resistance to get in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes. So Mark, let me ask you a quick question. When you have your loan officer meetings, uh -huh. um, do you, do you hold them at the beach behind you or? Yeah, well, <laughs> it depends on the day, Terry. Sometimes it's hard for them to hear me if it's too windy, you know, kind of thing. And then. <laughs> All right. Well, let me, Paul, we, we kind of touched on it, but what are some other tips that a loan officer can help the borrowers um, qualify for? Loan. What are some other tips? We talked about the, the credit card debt, but any other insight? Yeah. Well, it's it's back to basics, right? Um, you know, our industry is still filled with so many seasoned, you know, originators. Uh, you know, we have a lot of newcomers, but, you know, the folks that, you know, go over the credit report with their borrowers while they're sitting there, it, it's so important. You know, a, a deal is, is tough to get nowadays. So I always recommend, you know, start off first, you know, review the credit report, look for discrepancies with the borrower, 
that might be impacting their credit score, but it also could be impacting their DTI as well. You know, maybe something's showing up that they had paid off already, you know, that's throwing that DTI off. Again, like uh, what we were just talking about, review, see if there's some credit card debt that you can target on there as well to lower it. And one of the big things is, you know, underneath each credit score is four, three to four factors, right? Um, that tells you basically a roadmap of why you're getting the credit score you're getting. Look on, on those factors to see if there's something you can offset. That's the first thing I do when I look at a credit report. And then it kind of tells me, hey, now when I get down into the, the meat and potatoes of the credit report, I know I'm going to see, you know, uh, some high credit card debt, or I'm going to see a, a recent delinquency in the last 12 to 24 months, you know, and, and get the game plan together from there. You know, utilize the credit expert products. I mean, that's why they're there. It's not not everybody is a credit expert, you know, but not none of us are origination experts either. So, you know, have LOs utilize the what if simulator, the wayfinders. Uh, make sure your credit reports include credit assure because that'll give you an, an immediate notification on how much the borrower can increase their scores without even looking at the credit file yet. Um, ask your credit company to review the file if you're not seeing anything. You know, nowadays, you know, make sure you're, you're getting the most bang for your buck. And, you know, that's one thing we, we pride ourselves as certified credit is, you know, we're not just that company you're sending a, a check to at the end of the month, you know, for giving you a piece of paper with a score on it. You know, we, we go that extra mile. We like to look at the credit reports. If you can't find a solution for your borrower to, you know, get into a, a loan right now, let us help guide them, you know, what's going to happen, you know, but they need to do six months down the road, nine months down the road, you know, talk to your CRA. Um, you know, and, and even if you have a deal, you want to, you know, kind of be proactive and remove the roadblocks that could kill a deal down the road. Utilize undisclosed debt monitoring. You know, I know that lenders utilize it, you know, quite a bit or a LQI refresh report at the end to disclose any, you know, liabilities that, that were made known throughout the process. But, you know, I have a lot of broker clients and friends that don't utilize either of these products. And we hear from, you know, the, the wholesale lenders or the correspondent lenders that, you know, this can kill a deal, you know, almost as high as the, the employment information that, that can throw off a deal. So knowing, you know, making sure there's, there's no surprises. And then, you know, most importantly, protect the customer you already have. Make sure you're having your borrowers opt out before pulling their hard inquiry credit report. As I mentioned earlier, it's tough enough to get a deal right now, let alone to pull their credit and have your borrower gets 75 calls in the next 24 hours with solicitations. So it's kind of a combination of, of what I try to help my customers with on, you know, closing more and protecting their database. Yeah, and, and definitely just to key off of Paul with the with the opt out. So that's one thing that we are working with a lot of our clients with is, you know, while they're utilizing the soft pull, if we can get them to do the soft pull, and then have their client opt out that same day, um, you know, get them the information and, and opting out is having that borrower's name scrubbed from the list that the three credit bureaus sell. They all have lead programs, you know, these trigger lead programs. So, you know, it takes five days to get your name scrubbed from the list. So it's really important that we go over with our clients, you know, okay, the borrower's going to opt out today, but make sure that we give that that five day period before we repull the hard pull so that they don't get those trigger lead phone calls. So it's really important again, like Paul mentioned, you know, we're not just an automated, you know, you order reports, we send you, you know, a big fat bill kind of thing. We right. want our clients to engage with us, you know, call us and, and let's talk. And that's why, you know, Paul and I and, and, and Jeff, our other sales rep, we do seminars where we talk to the clients 
but we go out and do first time home buyer seminars with loan officers. We do seminars at real estate offices and at builder offices where the sales agents are also talking to the consumers. And, you know, I did a realtor event last um, last month over in Lakeland. We had over 100 realtors. And one of the big things I hit home was we passed out the opt out information. If the realtors and the builder sales agents can give the consumers the information to opt out long before they come to the mortgage company, then we're ensuring that, you know, that they're getting their names off of that list. Too many times do I say, you know, we, Mark, we had the borrower opt out, but, you know, we pulled their credit and they got a ton of phone calls. Well, they only waited three or four days before they pulled the hard pull and that didn't give the system enough time to scrub their name from the list. So it's really important that we're communicating with the clients and, and going over a lot of the tools that, that Paul was talking about, you know, just taking it one step further. Good information. Good information. Um, Mark, yes, are, there, are there other ways that a lender can reduce origination cost? I know we touched on that a little earlier, but any other thoughts, any other tools? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we, we have a lot of programs where we're resellers for, you know, different types of items. So, you know, one of them is, is we have a development team that created the Cascade BOE product. So we have an automated system that either runs from our website or from Encompass, and it allows them to check the vendors now, you know, Experian Verify as a, as a vendor that's out there competing with the work number. The work number was the, you know, old stable that's been around forever kind of thing, providing these um, verifications of employment. So Experian came in and, you know, their pricing is a little less expensive than some of the other um, vendors in that space. So we're able to provide that as an option to our lender clients, um, you know, to start with Experian first and then go to the work number. And, you know, if we can do Experian, then we can save some costs. Um, you know, we're doing manual verifications of employments that, you know, we're doing verifications every day. So that's kind of our business and more and more of our lenders as they've reduced staff, you know, due to the drop in the market last year and, and pulling back on employees, you know, they were doing a lot of these manual verifications on their own. So now they're reaching out to us, their trusted partner to go ahead and do that for them. And, you know, hopefully we can save some costs with them there. So, you know, and a lot of times, look, we're resellers for different types of products like flood certs and tax transcripts, where because of our volume, we may be able to provide a discount versus that lender going directly to that particular company to purchase that, you know, that flood cert or that tax transcript or something like that. So we're providing a volume discount to our clients. So, you know, there's ways to definitely reduce costs by incorporating more of our products uh, you know, into what our lenders are ordering from us, um, you know, besides the credit reports. Right. Well, also to, to kind of piggyback off that's not, not just offering alternative solutions, but actually giving our customers the ability to collect on solutions they weren't able to in the past. You know, mm -hmm. with our system, if they order multiple products with us, they can get a total cost for invoice for the borrower. Um, I, I know in, in VOEs in particular, one of the, the big pain points wasn't just, you know, a very large increase as well from some of the VOE providers, but they got a convoluted invoice where they couldn't go ahead and attach that to the file to try to collect. And you can do that with our every single one of our services at Certified Credit as well. Very good, very yeah. good. So another product that we offer where we can provide some cost savings is our Cascade Alert program. 
So that's a system where we're monitoring. Um, our clients can send us a list of names, whether they're prospects or borrowers, or you know, even if they're portfolioing their loans, and we can you know protect their portfolio from runoff. Um, you know, we can monitor these names, and you know, at a very very low cost. And there's other companies out there that do provide this service. Um, our dev team works directly with one of the bureaus, though. Um, and it's a relatively inexpensive system where they can send us a list and we can let them know that if that person has had their credit report pulled for mortgage purposes, then we can alert our clients. Or if somebody in their portfolio is shopping around or something and that lender may potentially lose that loan out of their portfolio, you know, they could reach out to that borrower and, you know, look to refinance them or keep them, you know, in-house. So our Cascade Alert program is a great way Really, it's, you know, it is a cost, but what it's doing is protecting the people that you're working with, that your loan officers are working with, or that your servicing team is working with, and really just keeping them as part of the family and keeping them in-house. So it's a great product um, at, a, at a very minimal cost. Do you have any success statistics on that, Mark? Say any that success again. Statistics? Uh, success stories? On the alerts program? Yes. Uh, I, Paul, do you have statistics on that or? Or just, you know, just success, any, you know, feedback from people that are using it? Oh yeah, yeah. We have a handful of clients that are using it. They absolutely love it. Um, you know, I think Paul's got clients that just do it for servicing, but I've got clients that are doing it for on the origination side and, you know, pipeline. It also, hey, look, back when the rates were really, really low and people were shopping around, you could lose a loan mid-processing from somebody that offered them an eighth of a point better. And, you know, our system would alert that loan officer that, hey, this guy that you're working on right now just had their credit report pulled for mortgage purposes. You may want to reach out to them to make sure that they're moving forward. So as far as like numbers, I don't have exact numbers, but the folks that we have on it, Andy, absolutely love the program, especially the cost part of it. It's very, very minimal. Great. I mean, I can add a little bit to that, you know, um, just an example, we have a couple of customers that we, you know, they have about a 30,000 population uh, that we monitor for them. And they're, they're averaging five to six daily alerts and leads off that right there. Um, so that that's a pretty sweet deal. I know one of them already, we're, we're only in the third day in the month, have 15 alerts have came in there. So we can give give them the the, the lead, they, and then it's up to them to go ahead and keep that business. And, uh, you know, really, as, as Mark keeps saying it, we won't talk cost or or this call, but it, it's a very inexpensive solution and, and really one turning one into a deal <laughs> pays for it a lot there. Yeah, yeah. Just one is all it takes for it to more than pay for itself for the whole company. I think we had one that we were monitoring 80,000 names and they were getting like 50 or 60 hits a day. Um, and those hits were going direct text alerts to the loan officers to reach out and follow up and that kind of thing. So, you know, that that client was particularly happy with, you know, just the amount of leads. And we're not talking about the companies out there that charge $150 for a lead. These things can be, you know, pennies on the dollar kind of thing when we break it out over, you know, a, a, a large um, batch um, that we're monitoring. Yes, and another big difference between ours and the other services is there's no fair offer of credit needed as well. I know that that gives a lot of people a lot of headaches, increases costs and, and solutions for compliance teams there. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's just one of the other things that, you know, 
can hopefully reduce costs or at least help save some deals that would eventually reduce costs overall. So I would think that the borrowers would appreciate it too, the loan officers keeping in touch with them. And you know, we all have family members. So if a loan officer makes one borrower happy, they're going to spread the word to their family. And so I, I would imagine, you know, that's another benefit if a if a loan officer reaches out to a borrower and, and offers to help, you know, see that you're, you may be shopping. And so I think that's great. I think those are great tips. Thanks. So can you give us any information on the upcoming changes to this credit score modeling? Andy, anybody, any, any insight? Well, like any other industry, evolution, you know, keeps evolving and this industry is evolving as well. Um, I and Mark recently attended the MISMO workshop on the credit scores and I think maybe Mark or Paul might want to address, maybe you can tell us what the, the Vantage scores and the FICO 10s or FICO 12s or 13s, whatever they're up to now and what, what's coming down and what, what, what should we be looking for as an industry on this? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I mean, pretty much what, what's out there is where, what we've been brought up to speed on as well. I think, uh, you know, there, there's probably more questions than answers right now out there. Uh, you know, the one thing we do kind of have is the uh, the initial time frame uh, of when they plan on rolling, you know, the things out. So it is, you know, the, the, the models are that the FICO 10T and, and the Vantage 4.0, um, which certified credit will definitely have in place if we, you know, I think we already have them. <laughs> They're ready to go. Um, but you're, you're probably looking at about the first quarter uh, of 2024. So, I mean, time's flying as it is there. Oh, so yeah. it's where, you know, to at least start moving from a tri-merge to the bi-merge phase. And then um, really probably third quarter of 2024 is when they're gonna go ahead and in, introduce the actual change in the FICO models into those buy merges as well. Um, and then really, I think it's Q1 of 2025 um, that they'll be able to actually, you know, post the, the historical data to support the score model updates that they used there. So- yeah, go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong, the whole purpose of this going forward is my mind should have answered that is to get more people qualified for mortgage for to qualify for a mortgage for home purposes, home purchases. Yeah. So that's the whole reason for the change. And agreed. I agreed. I think that's the the their initial goal. Um which helps everybody, obviously. Um the tough part when you're looking from our angle out there is you know, we just went through a monumental price increase on credit reports already um going to a buy merge but actually needing two scores is now increasing that from a three score to a four score um per borrower um i i think you know my my personal thoughts are you know credit reports are going to get even more expensive ultimately we all know who pays for those in the end is is the consumer there but again if if, if it opens the doors for more borrowers to get loans it's it's a win Right. So it's, it's getting out there, you know, educating where we're going to get more info as it, as it comes down the road, making sure our, our lender customers are, are abreast of what's going to happen. We'll be ready for it. Um, but I think we're still in the really early stages and we all know how um, timelines can definitely change from FHFA. So the initial ones are out. We'll see if those are, are, are going to stick or not. 
Yeah, it kind of seemed like that was the original intent was the cost savings, but the way they're structuring it and with FICO raising prices, and I'm not so sure that <laughs> how much cost savings are going to be, uh, you know, available out there. So, so we'll see how much the bureaus are fighting with each other to be one of the two. Um, competition, I think, will lead to hopefully better pricing. Um, so, well, good. Uh, if anybody yeah. else out there were we're going right along, moving right along. Time is passing. If anybody else has any other questions, please share them in the comments section. Um, I want to give a shout out to Martin Waring. He's out there and Jillian. Marty. Hello, you both. <laughs> so, yeah, so just uh, also just, you know, it's my understanding that they are looking to qualify more borrowers with that particular system, you know, the new 10T, I understand, is going to be more closer to the Vantage score model, you know, where Paul had mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes Credit Karma can be a lot higher score, but it would still mean that you've got a little bit of a higher mortgage score and vice versa. If it's lower, it's lower. So great resources, but they're different. You know, they they're the algorithms look at different, you know, calculations on creating that score. So I really think hopefully it's going to be a positive that they're, you know, the scores we're currently using were created back when, you know, Fannie and Freddie developed DU and LP. So we're going back, what, 20 plus years um, that we've been using the same score models and that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, hopefully that it's a positive that they're updating the algorithms to, you know, be a little closer to the Vantage consumer score models. Vantage is created by the bureaus and is their consumer score model. So, you know, I don't, I've had clients, well, Mark, they're so different now. I mean, if they provide the Vantage and the mortgage score, it's gonna be so different. How are they gonna determine? But I think that the models are gonna be a lot closer and the scores are gonna be a lot closer like they are now, even though it's a Vantage versus the FICO 10T kind of thing. So, you know, hopefully it'll update some consumer trends that have happened in the last 20 years. and be more indicative of what's happening with today, somebody's, you know, their profile today versus before. So crossing our fingers that it does provide some savings, but of course, you know, the overall initiative of FHFA is, you know, to qualify more borrowers. So hopefully it'll accomplish that as well. Interesting. I've only been in the business for two years, so that's interesting insight. <laughs> how, how can mortgage originators prepare for the changes? Is there anything they can be doing now to, to, to prepare for the changes when they come along? Boy, um, yeah, I, I would just, you know, probably recommend they, they ensure their CRMs are up to date because, I mean, I think it's going to open up a lot more, you know, borrowers that maybe didn't qualify this year once this goes into place. You know, make sure they're keeping touch all the way up until this kicks off. You know, you know, be be that advisor in the meantime, you know, because we, we still don't know exactly what the, the algorithm is going to be. And if, you know, the, the same pie chart that's used today of what makes up the, the FICO score is still going to weigh as heavily, you know, but still telling them, hey, let, let's start working on paying down that revolving debt, you know, make all payments on time, you know, uh, let's let's go ahead and, you know, so, uh, pay those medical collections. You know, everything we kind of talked to is still something they should be doing over this time frame. But, you know, if, if the ultimate goal is, you know, it's going to open it up for more borrowers, then staying in contact is key. Yeah, we have lenders that, you know, I know I work with loan officers that are working with borrowers today and that, you know, are, are challenged credit wise. 
and they're working on them. So this particular loan officer I work with, I know he closes one or two deals every single month of people that he's been working on for anywhere from 12 to 18 months and just talking to them, staying in touch with them, making recommendations. You know, they can really tell when somebody's got some challenge credit and really wants to put forth some effort because it really in the end, it's, it's time and money that fixes credit. So if you've got the time and you've got some money to negotiate, you know, doing tips like Paul had mentioned, try to negotiate settlements on collections or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's I've got these guys that just constantly work with people with the challenge credit and it's always a loan, maybe not today or tomorrow, but definitely down the road, because if the borrowers vested and they really want to make some changes, they're going to do that. But they're also going to always stay in touch with the loan officer that worked with them gave them the recommendations and kind of held their hand through the whole process. Totally agree. Totally agree. So with all the changes out there, could you guys give maybe a recommendation of how often, you know, you should get in touch with your credit provider or, you know, check your credit provider, make sure that they're up to date. Yeah. You know, there's always doing annualcreditreport.com. I, I always recommend that people have their credit file pulled at definitely at least once a year. I mean, if you're not in the process of buying anything, you should definitely be checking on that at least once or twice a year, Andy. And that's a great question. You know, too many times is identity theft becomes a problem. Um, you know, I haven't had my credit pulled in two or three years and I want to buy a house and all of a sudden they go to get qualified somebody pulls their credit file and they're like, wait a second, those three credit cards are not mine. And of course they don't know because they haven't had their credit pulled. And of course the identity thieves aren't having the bills sent to their homes to pay. And it's just, you know, so there's a lot of unknown and it's really, really important. You know, my wife and I were the victims of identity theft a couple of years ago and, you know, we're super, conservative and always careful about giving our information away and how it happened have no idea these guys can get access to all of our information as much as you know as they want to you know we have everything locked frozen or locked or you know monitoring and the whole nine yards and they still broke in you know and, and got a hold of our stuff and luckily because our files were frozen and locked they weren't able to open any credit card accounts so that's a recommendation that we always make is, you know, if you're not in the process right now of buying a home or buying a car or needing your credit pulled, you should always have it frozen so that this way people can't pull your credit file because that's what happens. The identity thieves, they apply for a ton of credit cards. Um, and if your file is open and the credit card companies can pull your credit report and they see that you've got good credit, they're going to approve that account and they're going to open those accounts. What saved me and my wife was the fact that our files are frozen and locked. So when the credit card companies would send us letters that said, thank you for applying, if you would unfreeze your credit, we can pull your credit and approve you for the card. So that's what's really protecting you. And it's really important. Annualcreditreport.com is free. Um, used to be, I think once a year. And then during COVID, I think it was like once a month or once a, you know, you could pull them multiple times. Um, but it's directly from the Bureau, so you're getting Vantage scores if, if you choose to have credit scores come on the credit file. But what's really important is to just look at your data, look at the trade lines, make sure that they're all yours and that somebody hasn't, you know, opened up any fraudulent accounts. So we do have a question up, and it says, we, we know baby boomer, boomers once again outnumber millennial and Gen Z buyers. 
how can lenders help coach next gen home buyers and young home buyers? They are the ones who need mortgages and can't buy cash. Right. Uh, I mean, a couple of things, you know, uh, help them establish credit, give them the options of going out there to, you know, establish that history. Um, you know, again, you know, when you're paying with cash for everything, um, you're, you're not establishing credit history. And, and right now with our current models, we and again, we know, all know it's changing. It takes six, six months of utilizing a credit card before you're even going to establish a mortgage FICO credit score. So even if they're ready to go, they, they potentially may still have to wait six months. So the earlier they can do, you know, get that going is a plus. Now we all know, uh, and maybe some of us don't know, you know, authorized user accounts still help tremendously. Hop on mom and dad's brother, sister's, Friends, credit card as an authorized user. You get the full history of the account from the date it's opened, not from the date you're added as the authorized user. So it's instant scores. Now, you, I do want to caution you want to stay away from American Express accounts because they don't work that way. Um, but that's a, that's a quick way to get that. But also, you know, and I'm sure the loan lenders are doing this is, you know, um, telling them about the first time home buyer pro programs that are available out there. You know, um, we all know, you know, the Gen Z's and millennials, they're really good at researching they, you know, they probably know that, you know, um, but they may have missed, you know, the, the new programs that come out monthly, you know, something and just keeping in touch with the, the lender just needs to keep in touch with them, let them know what's available. And, you know, there are programs out there and more to come that are going to help that, um, that group. Yeah, and, and I just want to throw in my two cents as, you know, I have two young ones as well and, um, you know, in their 20s and have jobs now and hopefully are, you know, going to be home buyers here before too long. But, you know, I think it's really important and to key off of like what Paul's saying is, you know, my kids do Venmo and they do all these other services and guess what, guys, you can Venmo all you want, but you're still going to have a zero credit score if you don't have trade lines. So, you know, it's kind of like the programs where, you know, it's, hey, pay off all your debts and all that kind of stuff. And and all of that stuff is great. But unfortunately, you know, we have a saying in the credit business that bad credit is better than no credit because, you know, you can work on bad credit and you can do things, but you have to have trade lines. So you have to have credit card accounts or, you know, car loans or student loans or some sort of credit in order for somebody like a loan officer to pull your credit report to get a credit score to submit you for underwriting. I don't know even if you had, you know, a million dollars in the bank and you wanted to buy a house, if you wanted a mortgage and you have no credit, you still have to get credit somehow. So I think it's really important that all this, you know, technology is all wonderful and Venmo and, you know, all these other platforms and all this kind of stuff, but, you know, go get a car loan. Even if you don't really need to borrow the money, you could get a small loan for, you know, $10,000. If you paid cash for the car, get a small car loan so that you're generating a credit score and you're making payments every month. Like Paul said, become an authorized user on your parents' card. It's funny that he's saying that because my kids are at the point now where that's what they were we're authorized users. Well, we've kicked them off of our credit cards. Now they have their own. So, you know, now they've, they understand, you know, it's get two credit cards, get a car loan and create a file. And I think that's, what's really important for these loan officers that may be my age or younger to work with the younger folks that are going to buy homes is you got to create a credit report at some point. 
Yeah, but, but Mark, I asked Andy if I could be an authorized user on his credit card and he wouldn't let me. That's funny. I asked him the same question. <laughs> I, I, I offered you both my Venmo account. <laughs> well, that's, that's not fair. He let me right on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I he must have ran your credit report then. <laughs> one more point on the um, first time home buyers is, you know, look locally because a lot of local banks, a lot of local builders, there's a lot of local programs out there for first time home buyers where people think it's a federal or a countrywide thing. So definitely if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're young and you're looking to buy a home, look locally. I mean, mm -hmm. there, there's tons of them I know in Florida. That's a good point, Andy. I mean, that's, you know, it seems like, you know, the refi stuff is all online and all that, but look, you know, we're about the purchase business because purchase business is every day it doesn't fluctuate with the rates kind of thing and or as much anyway so i love local go meet with somebody in person you know i mean that's uh, they may have a program specifically for your county for somebody that's you know 30 years old or something so that's a great point andy absolutely well guys we're coming to the end folks that dialed in out there if there are any questions we didn't get to today please send them to us, to any of us on the line today, and we will get right back to you with an answer. Mark, Paul, you guys are great partners. I, I We appreciate you both so much. You, you just don't know. And our patrons love working with you. You Andy, guys are an awesome partner as well. You're awesome. We appreciate you guys as well, for sure. And and just so you know, I did find one statistic basically about the medical collections, and it's 70% of medical collections, this could potentially be affecting the changes that they made. So wow, could be up to 70% of all medical collections removed from people's credit files that could really make a huge, huge difference. So you loan officers go back in and look at your databases for the last couple of years and let's get working on those guys that we couldn't qualify. Oh, Andy, Roy George said, that he is an authorized user on your Amex? Yes. <laughs> and you can take me out to dinner anytime. Use my wow. <laughs> Keep That's an eye on awesome. that Roy George guy with your credit card, by the way. Just so <laughs> <you know. laughs> thanks, <All> right. Randy. <laughs> well, and thanks, hey. Randy from Radiant. Appreciate you listening in and texting and all that. All of you yes. folks that are listening. And I'd like a look, quick little shout out to Allie from Certified Credit who put together our LinkedIn Live event. She does an awesome job and yeah. always makes us look so good and professional. So thanks, Allie. Thanks, Allie. And if anybody out there wants any um, information on Certified Credit and their tools and how they, got, how they can help you guys uh, reduce costs, please reach out to Paul or Mark. And of course, if you need or want to hear any more information about Capital Markets Co-op and how we can help you reduce costs and uh, increase incentive or any of the, the other computer share loan services offerings such as fulfillment, um, subservicing or co-issue, please reach out to Andy or I. And again, Paul, Mark, Andy, thank you so much for your time and thank you everybody for joining us and we hope to hear back from you soon. Thanks, Terry and Andy. Thank Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Bye, y'all. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to Certified Credit's Talk Data to Me podcast. 
With over 35 years of industry experience, Certified Credit is your multifaceted mortgage solutions partner. Learn how our commitment to passionate service, innovative products, and superior technology create a more profitable and efficient lending environment for our clients at CertifiedCredit.com. Certified Credit, more than just a score.